So welcome to episode five of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders and joined, as always, by my side, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Dee. Good to talk to you again. Can you believe we're already at episode five? Five. Wow. What have we covered so far? It's flown by. Well, let's recap, shall we? We looked at the the intro first week, obviously, really giving our listeners a bit of understanding, backstory as to who Wealth Builders are. Yeah. And then we went into the three Ds. So oh, I love the three yeah. days. Do you think people worked out who they were? <laughs> well, if you haven't listened to episode two, go back and check out the three Ds and see if you can self-select there. And we hope that you enjoyed that one. And then we moved into talking about the five levels of wealth. And on the last episode, we covered debits, which yeah. is the foundation. Yeah, it's the financial foundation, Chris. It's really important whenever you're starting to think about your wealth, that your, our mantra at Wealth Builders is, is together we create, build, and protect your wealth. So the foundation really is the creation stage. If you remember, we talked about the debits, the, the debt, the education, the bills, insurance, and so forth, ways to save money and then put that money to work. So when you save money and then make it work to create wealth, you're in the creation stage. But that's only half the foundation, Chris. You know, there's a second half of the foundation, which is absolutely critical Mm. if you're going to then come above ground and really accelerate building wealth, not just make a few savings and make a small difference to your monthly outgoings. And what is that area, Kevin? Well, that's mindset. Mm. And and it's an often said thing, isn't it? Get your mindset right. Mm. But I think it's really important to focus on some of those areas of mindset. And uh, maybe we'll start with some, you know, some of those that you picked up in your book, which I thought were great. Yes, I did include this actually in my book, Sack Your Boss, and it's coming really from the difference between the employee mindset versus the entrepreneur mindset. And I know you've said many times that in order to build wealth and become wealthy, you really need to think and become a business owner and and an entrepreneur. And there's a very distinct way of mindset between those two, aren't there? I don't think that's absolutely right because the, the, the issue with wealth is all about the flow of money Um, from the creation of a a solution to a problem. In other words, you have to see, understand, and create value. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're used to that. You're in the place of seeking that. That comes from the very creativity. But it doesn't mean you can't come from a place of being an employee, for example, and not begin to be more curious about where your value is being added. Because at the moment, if you're an employee, you're generating intellectual property you're just leasing it or mm. renting it for the the hourly rate so and there's an interesting one that i always use for people mm. actually yes please so do share do that. that one yes so uh, as you'll know in probably in later episodes we'll talk about intellectual property as a real wealth building asset one of the seven pillars one of the seven number six mm-hmm and uh obviously both you and i are authors so we've got some value in that But everybody's got IP, the fact that they're delivering their own intellect. But when they deliver it in a job, they're sort of selling that for an hourly rate. And the easiest way to get a sense of that, almost bring it to life, is to say, well, the hourly rate, most people work, I guess, a lot longer than we think. But but let's say, you know, conversationally, 2,000 hours a year, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 Couple of weeks, 50 weeks, holiday, yeah, yeah, 40 hours, you know, if that's, mm-hmm. I'm sure some people are laughing already thinking, I'll do 60 hours mm-hmm. a week and more fool you, but there you go. Mm. Um, so 40 hours a week, 50 hours, 50 uh, weeks, 2,000 hours. 
So simply then, if someone's got a salary, you can work out the hourly rate by simply taking the salary and halving it. Mm. So if someone's on 50,000, it's 25 pounds an hour. Yeah. If they're on 100,000, it's 50 pounds an hour. Yeah. So you know the value of your IP, but you're getting paid for it in a kind of an hourly capacity. And another point to mention there, that's the before tax and employees are taxed at the, the highest rate. Oh, yeah, that's another point, actually. But we, we're maybe diving <laughs> we're, into a whole new we're, subject. We're getting there. ahead of ourselves on, <laughs> so let's, on tax. Let's, let's keep pull the it back mindset. to the mindset here. Yeah. And um, I know there's a, another term which I just would love to explore, and that's the, what is the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur? Okay, so an entrepreneur is somebody who is creative generally. They take an idea and they're creating more value. They're getting leverage from turning the performance of an asset from one level to a higher level. And they're doing it normally in the confines of a business. And that's pretty easy to see. So most people think about entrepreneurs as business owners. But an entrepreneur is somebody who works inside a company, could be an employee. Mm. And instead of seeing themselves as the employee, um, craving more security, let's say, and maybe we can touch on that, um, what they're doing is seeking to be and imagine they're a team player, trying to create the highest value they can for the very team they're playing for. So like a footballer, we just had the January transfer window, right? So you're seeing footballers change from one team to another. And changing jobs is a bit like that. So if you focus on creating great value, then that value can lead you to a number of things which can help you wealth. One is you become so indispensable, you get a higher pay because you're just doing outstanding pieces of work. Two, you could, if you really thought about it, is if you had enough of a solution-based mindset inside the job, you could go to your employer and imagine a conversation that says something like this. Chris, I've got this great idea. I've been working here for a little while and you know, I've had awards and you, you told me how good I am, but I've got this idea and this idea is going to save the company a half a million pounds. Now, if I can apply that thought and bring it to the company, can I have a teeny tiny little bit of that? Or the other way around, you know, I can see a market that I've just discovered by thinking about it and that might create another million pounds in sales for the business. If I could orchestrate that and be part of that and and could I see myself getting a teeny tiny little bit of that? Mm. You know, so it's just Absolutely. being bold yeah. to focus on your value instead of craving security, what which is what most employer ease mm. tend to rely upon. Which again just comes back to this way of expanding the way you think and thinking outside of the box, really challenging. And there's some distinct differences that we've both both been discussing, and I mentioned these in my book as well, and the different ways that an, an employee mindset operates to an entrepreneur's mindset. Right. So maybe we can run through a few of these. Yeah. Well, talk about risk, for example. Well, I think an employee, they have more of a, a craving for security, whereas an entrepreneur really craves the freedom. Yeah. So it's being a more risk averse, worrying about oh, what happens if I lose my job, you know, and actually, you know, that could be one of the most risky places to be. Because if you're simply relying on one source of income from an employee and you were to walk into your job tomorrow and that job was no longer there. Yeah. That's surely the most risky place to be. Well, I think so, too. And, you know, I think with the uncertainty we have in the economy right now, just look at what's happening in car plants and places like that. You know, job security is really 
likely to plague a number of different people in in the economy, and it's never a great place to be. One of the one of my friends, um, a guy called Mark, who uses the term a lot, he says, "What I love to be." Uh, as he's an entrepreneur, is in control of my personal economy. Mm-hmm. I think we heard him say mm-hmm. that just this week. And and I think that's a brilliant turn of phrase because it says, I want to be in control. And it's not taking bigger risk. It's actually reducing your risk by being willing to essentially manage your risk, both inside your business, let's say, inside the stock market. If you're an investor in the stock market, there's ways to mitigate and take care of risk so in many respects, and I'm an entrepreneur too, I feel safer than any employee I know because I know if the interest rates go up or down, I'm doing okay. Mm. If the stock market goes up or down, we're all doing okay if we're entrepreneurs, you know, getting the results that we want in our businesses and in our life. And yeah. that's why I would encourage everybody, even if they're not willing to take the risk yet to be an entrepreneur, to definitely think like an entrepreneur and and try and create value for whichever team you're playing on. Mm. You've said before, I'm sure, say many more times on the podcast to come that one of anything when it comes to wealth building is risky. And this is, of course, the whole wealth builders model of the seven pillars. Yeah. That the more pillars you can put in place, the more recurring income streams that you can have flowing in, then you become financially bulletproof. Exactly right. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. So uh, any, what are the other mindsets we, we noticed that would be worthy of uh, a little airing? Well, I think a really clear one that I've recognized is the entrepreneur mindset of just doing. So the entrepreneur needs to do in order to know. Yeah. And the employee needs to know in order to do. So very much just following the rules. And maybe you could say the entrepreneur breaks the rules or certainly yeah, well, bends them and well, challenges I them. I think the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur, uh, kind of comes from a place generally of, in many cases, they're inventing the rules. You know, so I think I relayed my story um, where I didn't have a guide, I didn't have a mentor, and it's great if you can follow those things because you can get to where you want to faster. But if you don't kind of know there isn't a path well trodden, you've got to create that. But what's brilliant now is so many people have trodden those paths. The journey from being an employee to an entrepreneur is quicker because you can just follow the path that's already been laid down by somebody else. So, and the Wealth Builder community is all about that and and connecting people uh, who are ready to look at different ways of exploring uh, the entrepreneurship. And and let's be clear, Chris, we're not saying to people, go sack your boss today. We're saying think about ways you can add value in your firm, in your job, but find some time create some leverage of time. And we talked about podcasts being a way to get information and multitask on those things. Create a little bit of time in your life to dedicate to looking at your entrepreneurial side of things. And, and that leads to an important conclusion, I think, which again I see is a big difference between employed people and, and business owners in the main is the way they, they view cost versus investment. Mm. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. The when it comes to education being the first thing, really, you need to understand if you have never done something before, then it's an investment. You're investing your time and your money to learn that skill, to make sure that you don't make mistakes and you can accelerate your progress. Whereas 
those that haven't quite had the the light bulb moment will see that as a cost and think, oh no, you know, that's uh, that's no, that's too much, or they're not. It's a completely different way of looking at it. Yeah, and I'll tell you something interesting about when we get to work with people, and we often see, you know, the the DIYers. Remember the DIYers? Mm, sure do. The the DIYers. Their their first question is always, so what's this going to cost? You know, they come at it from that mindset of cost comes before value, and it does not. It's the reverse of that. If I said to you, Chris, I'll tell you what, the cost of whatever I'm offering you now is £1,000. Will you pay it? Well, you wouldn't unless you knew what the value was. Yeah. So if I said, if you invest £1,000, I will guarantee you £2,000. Is that now an investment worth making? Assuming everything was legal mm-hmm. above board and you could understand it. Sure. And the way we work at Wealth Builders in any event is always to make sure that we look someone squarely in the eye and say, before you spend any money and invest any money with Wealth Builders, can we both agree that the purpose of this is to make you wealthier than you were before? Otherwise, you can have your money back or we simply will agree not to work together. That way, whenever people work with us, there is no risk. Yeah, that's a condition of doing business together. It's, it's, it's absolutely right. Mm. Yeah. One final point I think is really important is the vision. The entrepreneurs have this ability to look into the future and, and, and picture and create a picture of how they want something to be. Right. And that's a distinct difference, I think, between the employee who often will look back at past their results yeah, yeah. and base things on, on those. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to, to the import we talked about, knowing your why, and that kind of is wrapped up with vision as well, I think, in I some I think way. it is. So, you know, the thing about vision is to imagine your future is always bigger than your past. You know, because if where you are now, if you're drifting, you know, and I had a conversation with the drifter today, unfortunately, and that conversation meant I could see they were going to be stuck in the same path unless they brought themselves out of it. And they recognized that in the conversation. And that was great. So they'll come out of that. But generally speaking, if you're always thinking that the future that you have in mind, whether it's a personal future in terms of your uh, your own self, because the wealth building process is a transformational process, not just of money but of self. And if you see your future as bigger than your past, you're driving forward looking through the windscreen, not looking at the rearview mirror, Mm. then, of course, it's much more Mm. interesting. And you can chart your progress, you know, like a GPS. You can see you're moving through levels, you know, and each time you um, are engaging and building another asset, then you're moving from one level to the next level incrementally, and you can always see where you're going. Mm. And you can't really see that in the job. You don't get the incremental or that big acceleration. It tends to be small little steps in pay and maybe not even that these days. Whereas wealth, once you've locked it in, you're absolutely moving forward. Mm. And once you get through that initial part, we talked about the five levels, once you get through security and you've overcome the gravity of getting you from a place of insecurity to that base level of income to cover all of your bills, then once you get through that, you accelerate. It's a massive acceleration. And that sort of acceleration never, ever happens in jobs. Mm. And whilst you're talking about acceleration, you're either accelerating or you're breaking. Uh, that's right. There's no, there's no neutral when it comes to building wealth, and that's a good observation too. Mm. So how do we think we can help people identify where their best value would be you know if they're either 
in a job or in a business. The thing I notice about business owners, let's not make the assumption, Chris, that business ownership in itself makes a true entrepreneur because in many respects it does not. So if we go back to, you know, one of the things that comes out in the e-myth is the technician, the person doing the work, being an accountant, being a, you know, uh, being a hairdresser, whatever it would be, they tend to do the job of what they were doing in their job in their business. And suddenly, instead of having just the one thing to focus on, because their employer took care of the payroll, their employer took care of all the other things, now they're inundated with many tasks and not always the tasks they want to do. So it's really important that people stay true to what's their best way of adding value. And there's a tool we use to help people get that value, isn't there? There is. We've talked about it already on the podcast in previous episodes, Wealth Dynamics, which we're both very big fans of. We see the value. I put all of my clients through that as well. And um, it's an online test which takes about 20 minutes to take. And um, it's amazing for identifying what your genius is. So whether you're a creative person, but really helping you to hone in on the areas that you should spend most of your time focusing on and identifying your weak spots, where instead of trying to learn and get better, Mm -hmm. that's where you can build your entrepreneurial team around you. Well, that sounds like a big one. So we're going to talk about team. We're going to talk about getting in flow. We're going to talk about wealth dynamics. That feels to me like a good time to... That feels like episode six to me. Well, I think, why don't we go do episode six now? Let's do that one. See ya. Thanks, Kevin. Mm -hmm.